Hello and welcome to Business Class. My name is Shantanu Prakash, and this is the show where we talk to some of the most promising startups in the country. We talk to them about their real challenges, about their journey, and we discuss these challenges with uh, the the foremost experts uh, in their field. Uh, today, this is a very special episode. Uh, this is the story of a young company uh, from uh, Pune that is challenging some of the global giants uh, in their highly specialized field. I'm very happy to welcome uh, Pankit. Uh, Pankit is the uh, founder of a company called SecureTech. Uh, Pankit, uh, welcome to the show. And uh, tell our viewers about uh, what you do. I think this it is so high tech that you know, even after reading your brief, I couldn't really understand what you do. All I heard was a lot of jargon, machine learning, artificial intelligence, endpoint security, and whatnot. So can you simplify this for us in a couple of minutes, please? Yeah, I think sometimes just making it complex sounds very cool and sexy. So that's what you put all these jargons around. But, but leaving that aside, so we are an enterprise cybersecurity company. And what we do is we help organizations get visibility into their security problems and then have the ability to address that problems in real time. And the problems are in three areas. One is at the, what is called the forest view, the enterprise view, where we have the ability to collect humongous amount of data and use machine learning, deep learning algorithms to be able to identify threats and go and pinpoint that specific instance where a threat is happening and protect it. The second area that we work on is on the device and device in this case being laptops and desktops and servers. And we have the ability to use again uh, machine learning to be able to identify threats which are either fileless malwares or file based malwares and then use a capability that allows us to identify absolutely new threats that the world has not seen and protect the devices against that. The product does a lot of more things but at, at a core is what it does. And the third area is on the user side where we help organizations get control over who has access to what. So in large enterprises, you get access to a lot of systems and processes depending on your role and location. So as you move through the organization, how do you make sure that you get the right set of privileges and when you leave the company, everything gets taken away. So in a nutshell, this is what we do. So we've been around now for eight years, as you, as you rightly mentioned. Uh, work with large companies like HDFC Bank, Access Bank, Kotak Bank, DMART, Sun Pharma. So very, very happy and proud to have some of the best names in the industry be part of our journey. So Pankit, I have more than a few uh, questions for you. Firstly, uh, as a as a user of uh, software, and well, who in the planet is not a user of software, and who's not living in a digital world today? Uh, I feel that in 2021, I feel less secure, yes. right? Uh, you know, every day we hear stories about credit card breaches. We hear on national news, we hear about leaked WhatsApp chats of important people. Uh, we see all of this thing sort of blowing around us. And, and sometimes, you know, as a, as a human being, I feel that, you know, this is a problem that the world has not solved. So why has this problem not been solved? And why is this a greater threat than it has ever been? Uh, because computers, IT, internet, this has been around for decades. And when you have some of the largest corporations in the world, uh, Microsoft, IBM, Symantec, McAfee, Cisco, why is this still a big problem that we have to literally, you know, live sleepless nights over the fact that we might get hacked? Great question. So any security, if you were to look at it, has three components, your people, process and technology. So as you would have noticed, technology is the last leg of the stool. The first two is people and process. 
as i say unfortunately there is no solution for human stupidity right uh, we do mistakes and there is this term that i keep using is called as chai c h a i curiosity hubris apathy and ignorance these are the terms which define human behavior that is what exploited by hackers and attackers through a series of social engineering attacks i mean you'll get an email in the morning saying that let's say we just did this interview right now and i might get an email a spoofed email from shantanu prakash saying that hey here is the link for the founders india interview now actually the interview has happened and we might have put in as like a press release or something that hey watch out for our interview i will not bother to see where that email actually came from and my tendency is to go and click on it right so we this is there's a word that ron reagan used trust but verify is a very big aspect of how you manage yourself so in in this human context no technology can work unfortunately and if you look at most of the attacks that you see in newspapers has an element of this human behavior that gets uh, abused or misused and consequently the the rest of the chain becomes ineffective in terms of solving the security problem so while there is a lot of dumbing down that has happened in terms of ensuring that these mistakes don't happen but there are always things that people end up doing clicking on links opening up files going to website that you're not supposed to go and you end up creating a problem for yourself sure sure pankit i think you're you're absolutely right that there is no cure for uh, human stupidity and the more humans are they are there the aggregate amount of stupidity on the planet is obviously only growing but you know um, at a different level uh, i feel very proud that um, you know this is your company which is an indian company uh, is challenging these uh, global giants and um, you mentioned big names like axis bank and hdfc uh, so so tell me you know when you're pitching against some of these biggest names in the world trying to win these sort of high stakes a uh, cybersecurity contracts because the risk of failure any kind of failure can be completely disastrous in today's world for any enterprise i think it can even shut down a large enterprise right so when stakes are so high what makes these big guys select um, a rather smallish company like you to provide this security great question and and uh, when i speak to the cios and ceos and ctos ceos being the chief security officers uh one thing that comes out is that we want a company that's not distracted what happens with this large uh, mncs is that you have organizations that do a lot of things they may have interest they may have the servers and desktops and printers and applications and softwares and database security is one of the towers it's essentially ends up looking like a distraction there isn't anything that gets focused uh within the organization where i can say that i leave breathe sleep only security so the fact that all we do is security really makes life easier for uh, the customers in terms of when they take a decision for us that's one second what i realize is that a lot of these big companies have ended up becoming holding companies or aggregators by which i mean is that core innovation generally comes from startups new age companies and the larger companies typically look at buying them out and building capability i i am not i don't remember when was the last time a very large company came out with a completely new innovation in security all of them actually has always come from a startup and these companies then end up buying them out and aggregating it as part of a portfolio but innovation generally the nimbleness the differentiated thinking is what drives startups to bring this capability forward so so uh, pankit tell me a uh, fascinating journey honestly and a very brave attempt 
to challenge companies that are, I believe, you know, your revenues are close to $5 million, but the revenues of the giants you compete with is over 50 billion. Um, so I applaud your, you know, bravery and your, you know, pluck and grit in your ability that you're sort of going against the big guys. But what are the biggest challenges, uh, Pankit, that you're facing today or you're faced during this journey? So one part is, uh, and it's kind of, you know, there are two parts, but both of them are linked. Security is a trust business, right? I mean, you really need, as a, as a customer, need to trust the company that you want to do business with, right? I mean, it's like uh, you built a nice swanky bungalow with all the uh, bells and whistles. You don't want a very poor looking door and a lock, right? You really want to make sure the lock is really very good and it's going to do the job it's supposed to do. Uh, very similarly, in the security world, you really want to work with a player who really gets what they are doing and you can trust them with solving the security problem. So that's part, part one of the thing. Second, associated with it is the fact that as a country, India is not known for software products and definitely not known for security products. So let's say if a company, if this was the same company coming out of an Israel or a UK or a Germany or even US, uh, the kind of questions that would be asked of you would be very different. Uh, they would, generally speaking, assume that you really have the tech and you've figured it out and you know how to solve the problem. So this is a two-part problem or a, the challenge that we face. The fact it being a trust business and second, the fact that you are coming from a, a geography that's not known for security product uh, in the market space. So, Pankit, that's actually a very interesting problem i don't know if you know there are any uh, very quick uh, solutions to these uh, because we are dealing with systemic issues out here at this point i'd like to bring in our uh, expert on the panel today uh, he is uh, bhaskar majumdar he is the managing partner of uh, unicorn ventures a lot of experience uh, in investing in many diverse uh, you know areas in, in corporate life that bhaskar has uh, bhaskar welcome to our show and Bhaskar, you heard uh, Pankit uh, talk about his company and talk about the fact that, um, you know, India as a brand is not known for trust and is not known for, for security. And here is a company uh, that is going out and trying to establish a brand name where if you don't have trust, you don't have anything, right? Uh, so tell me when you were first looking at this company from an uh, investor perspective, what was it that sparked your interest? And how did you deal with the risk that if these um, guys go out into the field, they will be shot down just because of the fact that, you know, they're from India and how can an Indian company provide such an advanced uh, product? I mean, the kind of stuff that they're doing is literally stratospheric. So how did you deal with these challenges? Uh, Shantanu, uh, thanks for having me on the show first. Uh, so, you know, one of the key drivers for us when we were looking at uh, Securitech was obviously the team. I mean, uh, as a business, as a fund, uh, we tend to invest in very senior entrepreneurs. Uh, we tend to invest in entrepreneurs who had a very successful corporate life and now looking at the next innings. And honestly, Pankit and his co-founder Anand provided that with their years of experience in IT services and Anand specifically in the security area. So. You know, one of the key drivers for us was uh, the team for, and for us to invest in that. I think uh, the way we looked at the business from a market perspective, uh, personally, we have a view. And to some extent, we see that playing 
out. I think security, like uh, Pankit very rightly said, is a very high trust business. And somewhere, while technology is a great leveler uh, in the global context, it is also today in today's context become a divider of sorts. And every country, uh, you know, is looking at working with the global players, but also at the same time, seeing that they're able to create lo uh, local players who would be able to take the might of the global players. And we are seeing that across sectors. I mean, we, without going into the politics of it, we are seeing what's happening in the B2C space within India, where the government is encouraging new players to come in. And we had a strong view that security is one such area where while the large global players are there, from an Indian perspective itself, there was a need for an Indian large security player to come. So while we did, when we did invest in uh, Securitech, we were very clear that the initial go-to-market strategy would primarily to be a leader within India per se. And I think that's where the approach of Securitech was because, you know, everyone wanted to see local security solutions with the storage and everything else within India. And while that panned out, obviously some of the products that uh, Securitech did and the marquee clients they signed up were also uh, a strong potential for them to roll out in the international market. So having done well in the Indian context, they then started to roll out into the international market. So, you know, that was a thesis with which we had invested. Uh, coming back to your question, you know, what if they did not succeed? I think, Shantanu, you've been in the game for long. I mean, it, it's, the, it's the nature of what we do. We take bets on people. A lot of them do not succeed, but then we get on with it. But we were very confident, again, dependent upon the team that Pankita and Anand sort of brought together uh, when we invested in them. So very uh, interesting to hear you, Bhaskar, to, for you to lay down the thesis of how you looked at this. But that sort of raises for me a few very interesting uh, dimensions of the issue. Uh, firstly, as the world is getting more polarized, and not just about security, but about everything else, probably it is more heightened when we talk of security. There are political undertones to this. There are regulatory undertones to this. So we've seen what, what happened with Huawei and because that comes from China, so people don't want to touch that uh, company or people don't want to buy an American product because you know the country has a certain kind of alignment and they feel there's a backdoor uh, that's going to be there in every American product. Now, you, you said that your first uh, sort of vision was that uh, if this company can become a leader in India, Okay, and I find that very interesting because clearly you were aware of the fact that countries are getting ring fenced with regards to security. They're passing laws to ensure that data doesn't travel out of the country and, 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 and so on and so forth. But that sort of brings me back to the question that do you think in areas like this, of course, I'm pretty sure that security can dominate India and become like this big uh, boy in India, but can they become a big boy in other countries of the world given this very polarized world that they live in? And if they were to do that, what kind of international expansion strategy will they have to uh, create? Because we've seen in the past when companies want to go global, they do various things. They flip their structure, they open offices outside, they try to distance themselves away in some way from the, the country of origin. So, you know, how are you as an investor looking at it? And also, you know, uh, Pulki, this is also a question for you. How are you looking at it when you want to go from being a $5 million company to a $500 million company? 
I think uh, all the things you laid out, Shantanu, are very valid. I mean, uh, from a business perspective per se, you know, obviously uh, Securitech has already opened an office in the in the U.S. and looking at opening in one or two other regions. And again, uh, like uh, like like every other domain, there is deep security and there is light touch security, if you will. So I'm sure the light touch security, which is more from the uh, enterprise side, uh, Securitech is already rolling it out in the U.S. and uh, they will look at rolling it out in the other countries also. They would necessarily be local, uh, uh, local, local structures, local companies, local management over there. From a larger corporate structuring perspective, it's too early in the day for us to look at uh, uh, look at whether we remain an Indian company with overseas offices or we flip the structure into an international company and what we do. But we are, uh, but we are uh, strategically looking at a whole lot of factors as we, as we speak. Uh, again, a very moot point which you had raised earlier on Shantanu was the fact that India has always been seen, lack of any other word, I'm just saying the sweatshop for the IT services. Uh, within that play, how is it that security, which has been, you know, for Switzerland, for Israel, countries like that as the free, how does India come into the act? I think slowly what, uh, where the Indian IT services companies are not just Securitech, but the whole host that we are looking at them, we are seeing, there is a, a very strong feeling in the international uh, customer as well as in the international investor base, where they are looking at the next gen of Indian IT services companies. And they clearly see, uh, and we are seeing that happen uh, in SaaS-based companies. Earlier, people couldn't believe that SaaS companies could scale up out of India because that itself was the basic antithesis of the, you know, time material costs that Indian IT services were used for. But we are seeing the huge scale up that is happening in the SaaS companies. And while SaaS companies still tend to remain generalists, I think now the niche, niches have also started to move up. And that's where we see security taking a lead in this direction. Sure. Agit, you would like to comment on this? Yeah, so for us, uh, proving ourselves in India and going global was always part of our strategy. And the way we have gone about is that, so one thing good about Indian customers is that when you go to international market, if I could tell someone that, hey, NPCI is my customer or an HDFC bank is my customer, uh, there is a, a kind of an appreciation that the complexity that you deal with customers of these size and scale uh, puts you in a league where your technology has been tested for extremes, right? So you'll have hundreds of thousands of users and complicated technology landscape, poor bandwidths, older technology, and the product and the capability has to work in that environment. So as they say, if you can drive in India, you can drive almost anywhere else. If you can make the technology work in India, you can make the technology work anywhere else, right? So that's one part. Second part we wanted to make sure is that I had spoken about trust and credibility. That comes when you become part of a larger ecosystem. So we work with, let's say, our benchmarking agencies that benchmark our product, our US base. We pay top dollar to get our products benchmarked. We work with analysts who really are top of the line in the world uh, security ecosystems who give us input on our products and capability and write about us. Uh, we have selected as our distributors and partners some of the largest international names who have credibility in the market space. So these are things that you do to get the market to feel that this company not only has a good product and has done it well in India, 
there are other agencies that have independently looked at it vetted it and have uh, rated it the way it's supposed to be rated in the market so uh, so you know since we have spoken a bit about you know india and the country brand and country brands are you know extremely important in not just in it but in almost every other sectors um, you know if you're buying a watch we think if it's made in switzerland it's you know price double of something which is probably as good quality which may be made in malaysia or japan and so on you've seen that all around and our brains are wired in a certain way because countries create brands over literally hundreds of years of yes. how the country conducts itself in international markets so what do you think we should be doing uh, as a country sort of to lay down these foundations because you are you are one of the very few companies uh, that are doing such high tech products but you are not going to be the last there are going to be a horde of people who are going to be inspired by your success and create other extremely um, high tech companies in 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 areas where you know only the big boys are playing uh, tomorrow so what would you be your advice to entrepreneurs and advice to the planners and administrators of our country what do you think we need to do uh, to get our the india brand to be different from where it is today so let me talk about the israel experience we traveled to israel in 2017 or 18 i forget yeah i think 17 i'm mistaken we traveled to israel and as part of cia delegation and uh, we it was meant for cyber security alone so we had actually gone and seen the uh, the entire ecosystem that existed the startups universities investors government bodies a very interesting philosophy that came was discussed there is the way it works is that an idea gets germinated in a university under a professor and a couple of kids and these guys then are required to go and pitch to a set of investors who are kind of quasi government aligned to government or work aligned to government but there is like a body of a national stature when you go and pitch the idea and if they like the idea then this body ends up giving about 100000 dollars for you to make the idea into you know a minimum viable product once you have a minimum viable product the folks who are part of this body are very well reputed in the industry so they actually pick up the phone and call the their counterparts customers uh, so i he was mentioning that they have called narayan uh, murthy infosys they have called anand mahindra at mahindra they have called ratan tata at tatas in the indian context and elsewhere and say hey here is this company that's come out from israel has a great product would you would like to try it out and you know at a lower cost you'll kind of get to see the product work they get a couple such deals going and then the same ecosystem takes this company moves it to the us and there is an incubator there that is responsible to taking this company globally and in the mean process you have a ceo or head of sales and some couple of such support functions provided by this organization till the company comes to a, 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 a you know a rhythm and a runway right so it's an orchestrated support to the startup ecosystem right so if you look at any startup what do you need you need three things you need the idea you need money and you need market right so if you don't have this three legged stool we'll have to fight for each of them i think shantanu if i may on uh, yes. on this uh, you know while the 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 media picks up stories of obviously great unicorns being born on the consumer front and or you know global saas businesses there is an underlying aspect which is coming through and from our fund we have invested in few businesses where we are seeing a pretty much traction on pretty high tech businesses which are being built for very early acquisitions by global majors 
This is a bit under the bonnet. Not very many people know it. Uh, but we are seeing that other than secure, secure tech in two or three of our other portfolio companies also, these are classically uh, not businesses which are requiring on uh, subsequent rounds of funding to a great extent. They are being built because they are adding uh, and being acquired because they are adding a value in a particular stack. Uh, and this we are starting to see more and more rolling out. You know, the, the real point out here is going to be whether Indian entrepreneurs will have the resilience to and their investors will have the resilience to build large corporations or they'll sell out early because the, the capital to acquire is out there in the West. But that's, uh, you know, probably for another very interesting uh, discussion and uh, very fascinating to have both of you on the show today and discussing a, a, a real problem that is plaguing a lot of other startups today about how to use the India brand and how to go global, especially if you're in a very, very high tech area. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for being with us today and sharing your insights. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Thanks.